60% of Americans say the next generation will be worse off than their own, and parents are struggling to find time and provide resources to help their families thrive. What could an ideal future look like? One where decisions and policies fully support early childhood care, education, and well-being? It's Tuesday, August 7th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. Margaret McDonald sat down with Jessica Jordan, a pediatric nurse at OHSU Dornbecker Children's Hospital, who was invited to Washington, D.C. to discuss this important topic. Thanks for joining us, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Tell us how you were chosen for this honor. My aunt actually works at the Bipartisan Policy Center, and so when they were coming up with um, folks to invite to a think tank about um, the future of early childhood care and education, they decided that they wanted to have a pediatric nurse involved in the process. Uh, They specifically wanted also the nurse to be a working mother, and they would have loved someone from the West Coast, and she said, I know someone. Um, Tell us about your role here at Dornbecker Children's Hospital. Sure, yes. I have been a pediatric nurse here at OHSU for my entire nursing career. I um, went to OHSU Nursing School and graduated in 2007. And um, I've been a nurse on 9 South in Dornbecker, which is now the surgical and cardiac acute care floor. So you're not only a pediatric nurse, you're also a mom with young kids at home. I am. I am. I have a four-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a ten-year-old myself. And so I've navigated the waters of being a busy working mom, working long 12-hour shifts. What were you there to talk about? The Bipartisan Policy Center was commissioned by the Senate and the Congress to put together a vision statement of where do we want our country to focus its efforts for early childhood care, education, and well-being over the next decade. There's this dissatisfaction in America with our current um, system for uh, serving infants and young children, yet no one could really put their finger on what we're working towards. And so it was time to come together as representatives from our entire nation, including business leaders, healthcare workers, state and local officials, education um, experts, um, parents, early childhood advocates, faith-based leaders, to come to the same table and decide what do we all really want to see come uh, in support of our, our families in the next decade. What was the process that actually occurred in the room? So on the first day um, after we did our general introductions, we had an opportunity to think, look back through the past 30 years um, and we, we created a timeline of what has um, occurred nationally and globally, um, just in terms of current events, but then also a timeline of early childhood care and education in terms of what policies have been made, what work has been done to support children and families, specifically working families, um, over the past 30 years. Where did it go from there? And then from there, we created this think map, which um, I wish I could show the photo of it because it was quite impressive. But we talked about all of the trends that have led to where we are now. Um, And then we've also, when we were looking at the trends, we also looked at how, while we have all this research, our policy and our programs have failed to match 
the research that we have. One trend that we looked at was how technology um, has really changed the landscape of the working parent and what their schedule looks like. I know that I can speak for my colleagues who, who have young children, and we all just laugh when we get to work because whew, we made it, we made it, and hopefully no one forgets the kids. <laughs> and we have to piecemeal together these really creative options for childcare and, and trying to figure out um, how we're going to pay for it. Work no longer is an eight to five gig. People work around the clock. And childcare in America has not adapted to meet that trend. And so there's a disparity when you have a, a mother who needs to be at work at six in the morning and the child care center opens at eight. Um, what do you do? And I, I know I experienced that and a lot of our OHSU community experiences that. A lot of our nurses work at 7 a.m. That's when I work, 7 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. And the child care centers are not accommodating to that type of a schedule. What's the process that's used to help people with different ideas come to common ground? There's an organization called Future Search that is designed to do just that. So the first part of it, you spend looking at prior decades and how the, the timelines of current events have also aligned with different programs that have been created in specifically the field of early childhood. After that, you culminate in this uh, big think map that was created to see where we're at now. What are we doing well in our country and what are we failing to do in terms of meeting the needs of working, specifically working uh, families, but all families really is, is where we landed. And then out of that discussion, we broke into our stakeholder groups and talked about a little bit more specifically our own arenas. What are some of the ideas that came out of that? One of the themes that came out was talking about how we need to have family-driven comprehensive services um, that are matched to family need. So if a, a family works the night shift, that there is a support system in our country that's available to help them. Another of the themes was that we need to have um, quality standards and accountability to ensure that we are utilizing our resources responsibly. Um, we talked a lot about um, having equitable support systems, so removing disparities and closing the opportunity gaps, and also to ensure that our workforce is compensated so that the child care providers themselves are being paid a living wage to do the very important work that they're doing. Otherwise, we're just creating another family living in poverty. Exactly, exactly. One of the things that I feel like as a nurse I got to really help promote was um, expanding the terminology around early childhood. And typically, people think about birth to five. And what research actually shows is that there's this component of prenatal care and education all the way up through what we have coined kindergarten readiness. What is the difference between being five and being kindergarten ready? Kindergarten readiness has uh, is much more comprehensive in terms of social development, academic readiness, and maturity. And so um, you can't just put a, an age limit on that. And so kindergarten readiness really means that the whole child is, is set up for success to to start off in kindergarten, and sometimes that's age five, but sometimes it's six or even seven. And so if you cut off support systems and services at, at an age group, then you're missing the whole component of, of really being 
prepared and having that child be ready. One of the things that we pulled out of the, the work groups was this village mindset that there's this collective responsibility that when a, a family announces that they're about to expand, whether that's through adoption or um, having, having a biological child, that the whole community kind of rallies behind them and that um, on an individual and community level, um, in the, the, the business sector and all the way up through various levels of government, that this family knows that, that their community is not only excited for them, that, but they're going to be there to support them. As a group, all 64 people there um, focused on putting children and families as a priority in this in this country in a way that we maybe haven't done over the, the past few decades. So as a group, were you there to solve the problems that you're describing? No, thankfully. <laughs> that would have been um, a much longer conference. <laughs> we were there to discuss the what. What do we want for our children in the next decade? What do I want my own children who are young? What do I want their experience to be like once they are older and decide that they want to start a family? So what was the final stage of this whole process? We got to do our dreaming session where we described an idealistic version of 2030 and what it would look like for every single working family in America. We put together this skit and the the basics were, you know, that uh, these two working parents who work shift hours um, are, are very well supported in their community and that the, the, there's this village mindset of raising families in America. And it's, it's, it, it, was, um, it was really fun to just dream about what that could actually look like and that all families in America, regardless of demographics or life choices, um, they all have the option to affordable, high-quality childcare, healthcare and um, that that they just feel like their nation and their state supports the hard work that they're doing. Uh, then we went around and we tried to pull out the commonalities of the, the eight groups and it was this moment of hope when we were able to pull out these common values that every single group had come up with on their own. It was so unifying and we we actually the facilitator paused at that time and went around and asked everyone a word that they were feeling and the words that were shared were collaboration hope optimism village supported heard it was it was incredible as you look back at it now what would your word be my word is hope um it was just so inspiring so my word is hope now that that part of the event is finished, what will the Bipartisan Policy Center use this information for? The Bipartisan Policy Center has a task force that has been commissioned to put together a vision for early childhood in America over the coming decade. And so they will um, take all of the notes that we provided and um, specifically focusing on the, the different themes that we were able to have common ground on. And they will put together a final document that summarizes the vision statement. And then that will be circulated uh, among the Senate and the House. That will provide direction uh, as they create new laws and policies, um, both at a national and a state level. And how will this experience affect you going forward? They did mention that they would be reaching out to all of us 64 stakeholders um, to invite us to different opportunities that might come from 
the, the future search program. And so um, I'm really excited to see where that could possibly go. Do you feel that you really got to represent OHSU? Yes, and of course I want to take the opportunity to just thank all of the directors of nursing and who supported me in going and then the physicians that met with me beforehand to help me prepare. I felt very well supported by OHSU and I, I believe that I represented us very well. Thanks for joining us, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by Margaret McDonald and Josh Anderson. I'm Patrick Holmes. See you next week.